0: All right, welcome back to In With the New and XFL podcast. We are here for version two of the quarantine specials. Uh, Me and Jordan here all about um, talking about some kind of speculations of the season, right? You know, the season, of course, ended in a dramatic fashion with the whole virus. But I think uh, we're going to go through today and talk about what would have been, what would have maybe happened if the season didn't end and kind of our um, fun speculative ways of just thinking over in our heads while we have no sports going on of just basically what's going on so jordan you yeah wanna... i mean just predictions yeah. you know i think
1: that's a, mainly i think what a lot of people are doing with any league right now yeah. is like yeah maybe this would have happened just kind of giving our own personal insight on what we think could have happened for us we saw half the season so we got a pretty good chunk of mm. you know where the trends were meeting and aligning um. So yeah, just some predictions in terms of where teams placed in their divisions, and then also we want to give a brief overview of playoffs. Yeah, it's not too complicated for the XFL. Just a reminder, how it is is obviously there's four teams for each division, and the top two teams from each division play in the semifinals, and the winner of those two games go on to play each other in the championship. So it's only three playoff games. So it's not yeah, terribly super
0: simple, difficult. So. And I think, you know, we we were doing a week-by-week podcast earlier talking about the games, and now Mm -hmm. we're just kind of um, speculating, so I think uh, we've got some good ideas of what's going to be going on and what we think is going to happen, or what could have happened. So, uh, do you want to kick us off? Yeah, I'll go ahead and kick us off. I was thinking we could just
1: start with the East. Okay. Um, The East, when the season ended, was in complete shambles. We had no idea what was happening because there was three teams that all had the same record of three and two. So we were all just trying to figure out who, like who were who was the decisive winner in that division? Was it St. Louis? Was it New York or was it d c? Mm-hmm. They all kind of had their moments. um so for me, I just kind of stuck with who I thought was the most consistent team in that division, and it was the Battle Hawks. Yeah, for me, I would have them as number one. I stated that they would have a seven and three record so that they would go on a pretty good streak at the end of a four and one stretch. And I looked at the schedule, and um, it wasn't difficult for the Battlehawks. They had to face the Vipers twice, which, I mean, even though you give credit to the Vipers for having, you know, the end of the season kind of going on a nice little run there, I think the Battlehawks could have conquered the Vipers twice in the remaining games. And they also avoided the Roughnecks, which was the team that no one could beat. So I think that their schedule, when looking at every other team's, was the easiest, and um, so that kind of led me to them or led me to believe for them to jump and to make that push as the best team in the East and
0: escape with that division. Yeah, I think for me with the best team, um, I, I, I like the idea of um, the Battle Hawks, especially because you're talking about a solid run de- a team, solid defense playing that they were um, and the whole idea that uh, they were playing consistent. But uh, I like to throw in there. I like the way the Guardians, the New York Guardians, were playing at the end of the season. Uh, They started off strong with that first game that uh, hosted a shutout. Um, But then they, you know, of course, the whole Matt McGloin shamble thing that was just going on. And so um, once they decided, of course, like we were talking about earlier, our favorite guy, Luis Perez, once they decided to put him in, it really felt like – the guardians were um just found found their niche found their identity a little bit and they all kind of like rode off the coattails of um, Perez and that whole thing um just seemed like it was booming I felt like they were going to be starting to peak at the right time um but due to the season ending it just you know who knows what would have happened but I feel like um th- that that team was supposed to um just start doing really well and I think that they uh you know, you would have seen them in the end there kind of battle it out with the Battle Hawks. And also with the Defenders, we we didn't talk about the Defenders, but they were um, especially a very good team. The whole downfall of um, Cardell. Cardell Jones, yeah, uh, thanks for reminding me, Cardell, the whole downfall of Cardell Jones was like, Insane, You know, you look at the probably the best player in the whole league in the beginning of the season and then all of a sudden he just decided to go on a terrible um, stretch of games and end up getting pulled. And uh, you wondered if they would make that comeback and you wondered if they would uh, get better. But um, for me, it was definitely I think the Guardians were kind of my favorites tailing off when the season did end. Yeah, did you have like a record that you might have given them maybe like a 6 and 4? Yeah, I think I think five. 6 and 4 would have been a, one, a good record cuz what they already had yeah. how many losses did they have before that? They had two. They they had was two. 3 and yeah, 2 is yeah. their so record. So I think it would have so been just would have been finish the season again. Maybe they could record. have maybe pushed a 7 and 3, but uh 6 and 4 would have been uh probably a pretty generous or reasonable uh record to give them. Prediction. Yeah. yeah. Um I'm glad you mentioned the Guardians
1: because <laughs> Again, it's it's yeah. We talked about it. it at one point. It seemed like they were the worst team in the league, and then they kind of made that push with yeah. Luis Perez finally getting his start. So I, although I don't put him at the top of the East, I would put the Guardians second yeah. over the Defenders to make the playoffs. It would have been that semifinal and, game, probably right. Yes, yes, that's that's what I would have picked yeah. for sure in the East, and I think obviously a lot of the reason was it for that is because they were starting to gel mm-hmm. um, all that drama that kind of took their season you know after that first week into kind of like some sort of period where there was a lot of tension was starting to dissolve and they were starting to become you know their own team their own football team they went on a two game win streak at the end the only reason i have them at 5 and 5 which isn't a great record is because they would have had to finish the season or finish the remainder of the season with the games against the battlehawks and the roughnecks yeah. My teams, are the two teams that I think are the best in the league, but they would have ended the season if you look at their schedule with uh, games against the Defenders and Vipers. And I think, I think it would have been a really cool story and something that end, would have ended up happening to see the um, Guardians be down three to five and three to or like three wins, five losses and standings. And they would have to win those two last games to make their push into the playoffs, and I think they would have done it. Hmm. And I think that would have been a good story to see them, yeah. you know, get in the playoffs in that dramatic fashion. So, Guardians 5-5 five and five for me. I have them making uh, the playoffs as the second best team in the
0: East. Nice. So, uh, yeah. Do you want to move on into the West?
1: Well, I was just going to end up – like, so for you – you pick the Guardians. Would you pick the Battle Hawks or the Defenders to finish second in the East?
0: Oh I, yeah, I was I I was already saying the the definitely the Battle Hawks. The I, battle I, I don't game. I don't think the whole they started off strong the uh the DC Defenders, but it definitely seemed like at the end there it was the Battle Hawks. Kind of like mm-hmm. like you said, the consistency was key there for them in that running game. The two headed mo- uh that running back was like um Joan, Matt Jones was just doing an amazing job. So yeah, um I think uh, definitely. Like you, like I always like to say, is defense and a good running game. It's really hard to beat those two things. So,
1: yeah, for sure. And yeah, for for defenders, I if I had to finish the season, I'd say five and five for them as well, which is kind of surprising. Yeah. Um. But there was a lot of there was a lot of moments where the defenders looked like they were one of the best teams in the XFL, especially at the beginning. But I think you're right in terms of Cardell Jones struggling the way that he did and them having to go to that QB shift would have taken away a lot of momentum. It would have been hard for them to find wins mm-hmm. uh, near the end of the season. And I think really that loss to the Guardians in the final two weeks um, would have pushed them out of playoff contention. So I have them out. And then the Vipers, God bless them, we, we, we talked about them throughout. They, they were the laughing stock of the league. And then they all of a sudden they went from a team that was consistently a tough win to get against but I think realistically while they were still mathematically in the playoffs um they just didn't really have a shot. I think there was too many other teams trying to fight for playoff position and I think they would have just kind of fallen under the pile yeah. and they wouldn't have been able to claw their way out of it. So I had them at 3 and 7 uh, respectively before they were I mean they were 1 and 4 when the season ended, so you know, finish off 2-3 yeah. records. Imagine against,
0: ma- like I like we were talking about earlier, they were it seemed like every team was like starting to peak right when the season ended. It seemed like they were all kind of finding their niche, finding their edge except for the defenders of course, they were fi- yeah. not finding it. But uh, the other teams were starting to find this rhythm and find this like identity and I think it was super interesting to see like what if the vipers could have all of a sudden pulled out an, a, a bunch of wins and and shocked the league yeah. or something like that. You see you see teams start clicking because um it's such like a you know you you think you have a handle on what's going on in the game but then it seemed like every week it kept proving us that no you don't know what's going on and Mm -hmm. it seems like every team is really up for like who's gonna win i don't know i don't know we'll see but um it's definitely gonna be uh it would have definitely been interesting to see like if the vipers you know could have come out and just said like oh now they're playing good football and you know who knows what would have happened there
1: yeah I mean they and they deserve credit because yeah. yeah as we mentioned at the end, they really held their own against some really good teams. They had a good game against the roughnecks, yeah. a great game against the Wildcats where they were scoring a lot of points and the offense was obviously the you know the initial struggle for them at the beginning, but they finally kind of found uh, their rhythm. I just think they would have fallen under you know the big pile of teams that were really trying to find their way into the playoffs so yeah. Uh, respect to them. I think maybe if the XFL returns, which I think we're all anticipating it too for a second season, I think the team that can make the highest leap is Tampa. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think they have the talent. Um, and if the offense can stay consistent, I think they could be um, one of the better teams in the XFL for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So we can go ahead and move on to the West right. now. <laughs> um, you know, the big team, we all talk about it. It seems like it's almost a cliche at this point that we're talking about the roughnecks as much as we are, mm-hmm. but. You can't deny the fact that they were 5-0 and and they were clearly the best team in the league when it came to an end. So it left me thinking, could potentially the Roughnecks finish with an undefeated season? Could they finish 10-0? and Could they? And um, you know what? I When I wrote down my predictions, I thought about it long and hard, and I just went out on a limb and said, yeah, I think they would have done it. And I think the reason why I have that belief is is I just think the story is so, so, so awesome to think this is an organization that's having their first professional football league, and for them to finish with a perfect 10-0 record, I mean, that would have just been an absolute, you know, unbelievable thing to witness. And not to mention, talent-wise, they're the best in the XFL by far. Quarterback-wise, receiver-wise, defensive-wise, they're the best. The stars aligned for that perfect season, and they just answered the call consistently throughout, so... Yeah. I would have had him at 10 and 0 which I think would have
0: been an awesome thing to see. I was close. I didn't go quite 10 and 0 though. I went with them okay. uh, losing to uh, that Week 7 matchup, I believe it was, against uh, – that we were all really excited about. I th- or was it Week 7? I can't remember exactly what week it was. But uh, th- when they were going to play the New York Guardians. And I, th- okay, I felt yeah. like that could have been a game where uh, they they might have been lulled to sleep a little bit. You know, they're, they're from all that victory and all those wins they had, um, for a team like the Guardians who are starting to play hot um, with a great defense. They have a solid, solid mm-hmm. defense. And uh, the, one of their players got picked up. Uh, was leading sack guy in um the xfl and then uh, of course like we said luis perez and that offense was starting to click and i think that they could have given uh the roughnecks run for their money i think uh so i I had them losing to them but uh i still had them as the top team in the west and the the team that was um going to move forward and play in the championship yeah i mean that's totally fair and
1: i think (laughs) i think you're right in terms of the remaining games in their schedule that one against the Guardians, and maybe that one they were playing another game against the Wildcats. I think maybe that could have been a game yeah. that really, you know, could have uh, turned some heads. But so, is that your team who's uh, second place there, the Wildcats? Okay, yeah, I'm glad you mentioned it because uh, yes, <laughs> and the Wildcats would be my second team. I actually had them at a six and four record, which would have had them end the season with a f- uh, four and one run. So, I think. You know, obviously we talked about it throughout the beginning of the season is that they were the most inconsistent team in the league because there were some days where they looked like, oh, wow, this offense is catching fire. They have a lot of great names on that roster. Um, And defensively, they struggled against the pass, but they had some great moments, especially turnover differential was fantastic for them all year. So... You know, I think I think they would finally maybe get past that, you know, that bump, and they would get over it, and then they would start to play consistent football. And it was all relying on the quarterback, Josh Johnson. He there was a lot of games where he really struggled to get consistent passes and um, to kind of command a game. But there was also games where it looked like, as we mentioned before, he would go out there and just have a good time, have fun, play the game that he loved, and he would excel in that position. Um, And I think he maybe would have made that transition, um, you know, in the final few weeks of the season. I would have loved to see it. Um, I think probably obviously the Roughnecks, in terms of the season ending, it hurts the Roughnecks the most because they had a chance for an historic first start. But the Wildcats is probably second on that list because I think they were starting to finally – you know make that transition to a legitimate consistent football club so yeah uh, but i again if, if the season ended i would have had them as the second best in the west for sure nice yeah
0: um i think th- yeah for me it was tough to decide between the wildcats and the renegades for that second spot um the renegades i'll, I'll just go with them since you went with the wildcats um, okay. even though i got the wildcats hat on uh let's go yeah, with the wildcats I, but- <laughs> I love
1: the consistency you've had it on this whole time got i love just it
0: every time it's only every me- time <laughs> But uh, I'll go with the rene- renegades because uh, they were always like sneaky good, right? You know, they didn't flash; they, didn't, they weren't amazing, but they they had a lot of names. You know, they're coming with a lot of hype, and uh, with Dunbar and the, yeah. the um, uh, Landry Jones at QB, they were always they very sneaky. Back, Artist yeah. Pain, yeah, I couldn't. Yeah, uh, those guys were always very sneaky and they, they kind of crept up on you like oh I didn't realize Landry Jones threw for 400 yards you know even though he threw a couple mm-hmm. interceptions and looked kind of off there at the end and I think that's where I kind of was maybe upping the Wildcats into be that better spot but yeah. um, if that offense were to click in that end if Landry Jones could just hold on to the football and not throw it away <laughs> or throw it into the defensive hands so many times um, mm. that, 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 that they become a really good team very quickly uh, just for them was a matter of turnovers and that literally was the only thing that was wrong with them like if they can somehow not turn over the ball so many times they're gonna win games and so I think w- especially with the roster they had and and the, the good defense they were playing as well um, it was definitely something that I think that they could have pushed on into the second half of the season and, and really kind of won okay. a lot of games
1: that's an, I, I find that to be an intriguing take in a way I think for me, when I think about the running season, I think it was just an absolute nightmare because, again, we when we went into this, we said that was going to be the team to beat. Yeah. And really what happened was injuries began to happen. They couldn't really... They're obviously, their star player was Landry Jones, and he couldn't stay healthy throughout the entire season. That was a big problem for them. Anytime we would watch them play football, they would not run the ball enough despite them having mm. maybe the the two best backs in the NFL, in the XFL. Pardon me and they just were very inconsistent towards the run game. Their defense, they would do their best to stay in games, but offense, well, a lot of the times, would kind of run it into those walls and hurdles, and they couldn't jump over them, and they couldn't score points, really. They had a lot of struggle scoring points, especially when they got to the red zone, just not a lot of touchdowns for this team this year. Um, and it was a bummer because this is Bob Stoops. This is a guy we all expected to be the coach of the league, and I think really what it was is just Unlike the the roughnecks, when the stars aligned for them, I feel like the renegades the stars just didn't, and I think it just didn't happen. Yeah, and I I haven't met a four and six record, so I haven't below five hundred. I just think it was a disappointing season for them, and you know it'll be interesting to see what they do next year if the XFL returns. I'll be excited to see what they do. I think obviously they have the potential to make that push, but just this year was really really difficult for them, and. You know, I guess we'll see what happens. But I want to see, you know, if they stick with Landry Jones. I think that's going to be a really intriguing thing to focus on during the off season. Will they decide to stick with the the NFL backup that's, you know, had a lot of experience but didn't produce the way he was expected to in his first season? So we'll see how that goes. And then I think both of us ending the West. We have the Dragons. I actually have them with the worst record. Uh, in the xfl with two and eight in my in my predictions listen it was it was a problem all year they just couldn't finish football games that's what hurt them the most um you know and and they were near even though they stuck with brandon silvers throughout the year they were basically near a quarterback shift i think that would have you know it would have changed it would have shifted momentum for them even if they they didn't even have momentum but it would have found a way to even make them you know the, the team chemistry just not be there the way it should have been um, you look at the stats; they were the worst offense in football and in the XFL. Uh, they had a league low two hundred and forty-eight point six yards per game, and then talent-wise, their roster just wasn't up to par with a lot of these teams in the West. So, I have them with the two and eight record; they were the worst, even though they had the best fans probably in the in the league. I just they they didn't you know come out they didn't come out hot, and I don't imagine them finishing hot
0: yeah. to say the least. I think uh, that's definitely. I agree with that take right there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is.
1: So what about the um, championship?
0: Who's, who's we got yeah. the championship game right now. You're okay. saying it is the Roughnecks versus the Battlehawks. Who you who you taking there?
1: Okay, so hold on. I was going to do playoffs because just to just to set the mood, just to set, you know, the got division it. matchups in the first round. There's like two rounds, but you know, the semifinals. So I th- both of us actually no, I would have had the Wildcats and Roughnecks, and you would have had the Renegades and Roughnecks. But either way, yeah. both would be in Houston.
0: We both so Houston would have had that, that the Roughnecks would manage. win that game.
1: <laughs> yes, I think so as well. I I, I actually when I do the score, um, I had a fourteen thirty one finish. I think yeah. just you know I think they would have found a way to just steamroll whoever they played in the West. Um, Especially in front of their home crowd, which was, again, another consistently good home yeah, crowd. Yeah. So, yeah, both of us have the Roughnecks. Not a big surprise. I'm interested to hear what you say about the East because while we both have the Guardians and Battlehawks, you have the Guardians with home field advantage and MetLife. I have uh, St. Louis at home. So I want to hear um, what you think would happen in that game.
0: Yeah, I think we we talked about it earlier a little bit, and I, I rode, I'm riding the, uh, the New York Guardians here. I think that they're <laughs> peaking at the right time, and just I can't. I've been beating the same drum. It's 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 the Luis Perez drum, and and I think uh, his consistency and his level of play was just uh, very eye opening and very like oh wow like it just seemed like they really found that connection, and uh, so yeah, I had them winning that game, and with them with the with the home field event advantage there in MetLife, I think they would have definitely been able to pull that out.
1: Okay, I mean, yeah, and I, I could totally see that. And I think for a game like that, home field advantage is so, so important.
0: Because yeah. um, then if you're, though, like you're saying though, if if the way you're going with the mm-hmm. Battle Hawks having the home field advantage, that's a different story. That is a very, very, like we saw St. Louis have football back and man, they showed that they want football back. It was a very rowdy crowd and it was like awesome to watch.
1: Yeah, it was a bummer that we only got to see them twice. Yeah. They only had two home games once the season came to an end. They were probably the best fan base. I mean, Seattle, they showed up every time, as most Seattle fan yeah. bases tend to do. But I think the Battlehawks fan base definitely shocked me. The way that arena looked in all blue. It, it was good. all blue. And it looked really, really cool. And, um, yeah, I'm just a big Battle Hawk guy. I thought that besides the Roughnecks, they were the most consistent team. Mm-hmm. And... I I think that this Guardians Battlehawks matchup would have been very intriguing because I think the Guardians would have anticipated a, a run first offense. They would have tried their best to stop Matt Jones who was the you know the St. Louis uh, top rusher and I think maybe Jordan Tamahu However, you say it, we keep we can never can figure it out. It's <laughs> over. We've given up. I think the way, you know, he could have shined in that game. I think that would have been really an awesome game to see yeah. against the Guardians defense, to see what he could have done against them. Um and yeah, I, I, I had this as a close game. I had a twenty four twenty. I would have picked the Battlehawks, though. Yeah. So I would have stuck with the top for me, the top teams in the West and the East going to the playoff or to the championship round, as would have you, because you picked uh, the Guardians and Rugnecks. Yeah. So yeah, so Either way, for whoever we think would win the championship, both of our matchups have Houston um, home advantage, home field advantage. So go on. Who would you have win the first, the historic XFL championship, the first one of its kind? Who would
0: you have? Uh, I... You don't want to go with the mainstream, but I just can't see why you couldn't go with the mainstream here. It's Mm -hmm. the the P.J. Walker and the fact that he got picked up by an NFL team so quickly, the way he was lighting up the field uh, this season. He was the MVP from week one, really. And I think that this guy is just – especially with him and his receivers and the way they had those connections, I think it's just like he was so good. And, like, he was just – it looked like he was – like above a step above every other player out there on um, the way he was juking out everybody and the way he was you know the sidearm throws he looked like a hybrid of Patrick Mahomes and Lamar Jackson in the XFL and those that's high praise right there and I think a lot of the teams um, saw that and were very scared defensively to, to be able to scheme against him and although I think the uh, NF uh, the New York Uh, Defense is very good. It's gonna be tough to be able to defend a guy like that who just has. There's so many threats. There's so many weapons on that team. And we saw. We talked about it last week with all the um, NFL talent that they had on that team. With the amount of players that got picked up, was like seriously surprising to see. Like whoa, like they had a ton of talent on that team. And it just goes to show how talented that team was, and uh, really how hard it would to be to beat them. Like you're saying, probably ten and zero hundred percent baby all the way to the championship <laughs> all right
1: yeah so you have them go in 1972 Miami Dolphins you have them go in perfect season and then ended off with the championship which is only th- I mean in the NFL that's only happened once with that team yeah um so you have first year I mean you don't have them going um actually never mind that was a mistake by me because you had him at nine and one my apologies. yeah well
0: the one either way that's a either toss-up way, game but yeah. I, was, I was just playing a little devil's advocate to, to your side for sure, and that's yeah, that's totally fair.
1: So, I I this is gonna I mean this is a shocker because I I established at the beginning of the XFL season I'm a Roughnecks fan. Yes. Strictly on off the name, I thought the name was awesome. So I was like, we're I'm looking at with logos. This
0: team. We're we're scrolling, scrolling through Google tight. like who are yes. the team? We're trying to memorize teams, trying to memorize mm-hmm. names, and he's like that one looks cool. <laughs> yeah, so I was like, this is going to be my team. And I didn't even
1: expect them. I didn't even know who P.J. Walker was until the first week of the season. And I saw, okay, my team has a quarterback, I'm sticking with them. But I do not have them going 1972 Miami Dolphins. I have them going 2007 New England Patriots. Oof, I have them the going championship game, perfect huh? all the way and losing the championship game. Now – the final score for me would have been 35-32. I think it would have been a phenomenal game. And I think it would have been an offensive game, which is something that, again, was very inconsistent with the XFL. But that's the reason why we wanted to watch this league. We wanted to watch consistently good and strong offense. And I think the final matchup would have ended up having that, despite both teams having good defenses. Um, I think P.J. Walker would have absolutely dominated the game. I think he would have been phenomenal. But, again, I think especially with the battle Hawks beating a guardians team who I would have had as the third best team in the XFL in terms of talent coming into that game against the roughnecks confidence would have been incredibly high I think Houston I mean at that point they wouldn't have been tired or exhausted they, they would have had winning on their mind 100% because it's the championship game but I just I think the battle Hawks have some sort of formula in them especially with their running game where they could have exposed the roughnecks defense in some sort of way and i think they could have you know used almost pj walker's highest asset to their advantage with uh Tamahu i think they could have found a way you know to show more formations in terms of having the quarterback run the football more which he did throughout the season uh, Tamayu did so i don't know I, it is it's kind of just like you know Shutting my eyes and just going for the half court shot, seeing maybe if it would happen. <laughs> that's we all we know can it's do at this happen. point. That's true, and that's the sad part about it. We never yeah. know if it will happen or not. But um, I don't know. I just there's some, there's something in me that said it's almost too perfect of a story for the Roughnecks to go ten and zero and then win the championship with that. I D- think Disney the Battlehawks Hawks. Disney
0: have. isn't real life, guys. It's not. No, George so, doesn't think so. It wouldn't have not well, been a Cinderella story for the Houston Roughnecks in their opening season. Not the
1: Cinderella story, but for the Battlehawks, it would have been an awesome story come in as the underdog to win that game and to beat an undefeated team. So maybe more of a Cinderella story. Maybe. Maybe. (laughs) But um, anyways, that's what I would have. I think, you know, looking back on this and, like, kind of doing research for this, it's really, really heartbreaking that we didn't get to see it unfold, I think. You know, and we started off the podcast, as you mentioned, we, we, we didn't know any players. I mean, we knew some of the NFL players that were, like, backups that we could just, we you know, know the name. But we didn't know a lot of the talent. We had to memorize names. We had to memorize teams. And, you know, I think we finally got to our peak. We're like, okay, we're we're into this. Like, we're watching consistently. Yeah. We're doing research into this. And then it was kind of just stripped away from us because of the circumstances, which sucks. But ultimately, like, you know. It was. I think it was a great half of a season. And I think hopefully, you know, they return with a vengeance and say, okay, we can make this second year. As I'll a be better. back. Definitely. Yes, I'll be back. Terminator, <laughs> full Terminator. So, but that's what I got. So I have the Battlehawks champions. You have Roughnecks. We'll never know if it's true. Oh, but, no. yeah, I think, you know, we had some good insight there. That okay. was good. Yeah,
0: yeah. It would have been very interesting to see how that would have all played out. But, yeah, I think that's today's episode. Uh, Jordan. Yeah. Um, thanks for joining in on the call. We are calling yes, you sir. guys from Zoom. Just took the world by storm. And taking the world
1: by storm. <laughs> How about all those great like videos of people just, you know, screwing <laughs> yeah. up and they just don't know their cameras on. I That's feel like
0: yeah, a couple of classes, I'm like, Oh, I got the mic on. You know, or something yeah, like seriously. that. You're like, all right, well gotta uh be cautious. <laughs> uh thanks for watching In with the New and XFL podcast. I'm your host alongside me, the other host, uh me and jordan here guys and we're gonna um end this one and be uh, sure to stay tuned week in and week out we'll still be speculating on what could have been and maybe what's going to happen in the future with the xfl um all right see you guys see ya